0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Madness Continues podcast. Uh, This is Brendan Lemon, of course. I'm your host, and we're doing this from my kitchen. You can probably hear the ambient noise in the background. (laughs) It's actually one of the worst. It's so funny because last week, Tyler Ross and I recorded out on the back porch on Monday, I think, and uh, you could hear the owl going. It was like one of the first nice days we had, and the owl was going by... And you could hear birds and all kinds of stuff going on, and it really wasn't that bad. But the 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 background noise was pretty awful, and this might be worse actually.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Inside, just because the windows have to be open.
0: Yeah, uh, well, they don't have to be, but I kind of like them to be because it's actually nice out today in Chicago.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been uh, I've been so depressed because of the winter, <laughs> and so I've just been going outside and just sitting down on the like sidewalk and shit. Just I just I need, to be outside. Yeah, it, winter's tough here, man.
0: This is, uh, our guest today is uh, Corey Wood, who is a comedian in Chicago, but he's from, you're originally from Texas.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm from Midland, Texas, but I started stand-up in Lubbock. Uh, In Lubbock? Yeah, yeah, so Midland, Texas is where I grew up, and then I went to college in Lubbock, and I got very, uh, I, I joined an improv group, and it was like the best thing that ever happened to me, and then we started a stand-up scene in Lubbock and it was uh, one of the best stand up scenes i've ever seen like 200 yeah. people like will go to a show and that's like last night i had 5 people at my show here so
0: <laughs> what was the chicago's a uniquely challenging town for stand up i think actually because i think that there's there's legitimately so much going on here like there's there's there actually is so much going on that it's ch- challenging to get people to come in because they literally have so many other things to do.
1: Yeah. And it's not even cause like in Lubbock we would go up and basically the options were like, you can go watch our comedy show or you could go watch the same Texas country band that plays every single Thursday night. And you had to decide between those two. And here you have so many options, but even if you want to watch comedy, even if someone goes out and goes, I want to watch a stand up show tonight, there's like seven to choose from. Yeah. And so, like, it's like, do they want to watch uh, me, who they've never heard of, or do they want to watch Hannibal Burris? Yeah, there's
0: know? literally they could go to comedy bar, they could go to Zanies, they could go to uh, the Laugh Factory, they could go to the Chicago Theater that might be featuring Hannibal Burris. <laughs> yeah, there's so much stuff to do, and th- and that's just the comedy. Like, there's also a whole bunch of other shit that somebody could just go get into.
1: Yeah, and it's a beautiful... Like, last night, no one showed up because it was... uh, It was a gorgeous night. Yeah, and it's like, we're just going to go to the fucking beach. Like, why am I going to watch you talk in this... Yeah, I'm going to go sit
0: outside and drink. It's been nine months of me sitting in a dark room. Like, it's literally been six months of shitty winter in Chicago.
1: Yeah, I had the realization the other day that you never get a nice day where the Cubs aren't playing. No. Because... Cubs season ended like what, December, late November. I don't watch baseball, but I know like by the time the Cubs yeah. were done playing, it was cold. Yep. And I only realized this cuz I like to like walk to Blarney Stone yep. uh and play pool there and when the Cubs aren't playing, it's free. Yeah. And then I realized like, "Oh, I can never actually <laughs> do that because anytime it's nice the Cubs are playing because they just take up all the nice days in Chicago." They're
0: they're honestly the that neighborhood would be, be great except for that fucking team.
1: I love the Cubs like I when I first moved here they won the World Series and it kind of made me feel like I belonged here yeah uh, but I also just don't give a shit that about was them. here's
0: what's funny about that Corey uh, when I was in I was in London two weeks ago mm-hmm. and I did uh, I was there for work but I did three comedy shows and the cab driver who picked me up at Paddington station. He was like, as soon as I got in, he was like, Oh, right, you're a Yank. Where are you from, mate? Like, all this stuff. And I was, you <laughs> just tell I was American as soon as he picked. I had a Patagonia sweater on and like a, and this, <laughs> this Carhartt hat that I'm wearing. And he immediately was just like, This guy's so American. And so he was like, Where are you from? And I'm like, Chicago. And he goes, Chicago. Oh, mate, Chicago. Right. You guys are the, are you a Cubs fan, are you? <laughs> He's like, a hey, Cubs fan. I listen to the, I follow the, the, the Cubs, man. They won the World Series. Like, and he knew all about it And it was so weird Because it was big time International news Like in that rem- I ended up talking to him Because I was like I remember the next day I downloaded I listened to the BBC International podcast Every morning uh-huh. And it was the first thing They talked about Is they were like The <laughs> Chicago Cubs It's been a hu- over a hundred years Since they won the World Series And they're like Talked about it. That's how big of news it was
1: Yeah I had people And I <laughs> nothing the team <laughs> I had people I didn't, I haven't talked to in like four years who knew I was in Chicago and they're like, oh my God, the Cubs won. I've, I'm a huge Cubs fan. How was it being there? And I was like, it was just people smashing bottles on the ground. Like, it I was
0: the craziest. I, cause we, Gloria and I lived, uh, well I was living with John then, but Gloria and I was staying over at her apartment, which which is literally just around the corner from where we are now. Yeah. And for everybody not from Chicago, you can look this up on Google maps, but it was basically, uh, Shit! It was uh, Clark and uh, Belmont, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clark and Belmont, which is like a rather busy, actually really busy intersection around here, and it's only three blocks away from Wrigley Field, which is of course where the Cubs play. A lot of my audience is like from India. <laughs> <laughs> India and Jamaica, and also Vladimir Putin listens. I think we have okay, like one good. or two Russian Federation listeners who I, just really can't get enough of this podcast. I like
1: Putin. I, he put out a calendar. Did you see that?
0: Yeah, with him on the horse and, yeah, and shirtless. shirtless? Yeah. That's so fucking. What a great. How? What a. <laughs> how, how do you have that little self? You know. Awareness. Awareness.
1: I... <laughs> I, because people tell him he's great all the, all the time. time. Yeah. Like Kim Jong Un, or is it Kim Jong? Kim Jong Un. That's Kim Jong Un thinks he's the shit because he is the shit. In like one very tiny world. That's
0: a guy whose cheeks I just want to pinch so bad. Every time I see a photo of him, I just want to be like,
1: look at you, little buddy, look at you, little buddy. It's like that dude. You're does, just a
0: dictator for life, aren't you?
1: That dude does so much fucked up shit that like, I'd be very interested to see like what people like that do in their private life.
0: Like, oh my God, he's got to be the weirdest guy on the planet.
1: Yeah, because he can just do whatever, anything he wants. Like, like all the nuclear bomb shit, that's really bad. Yeah, yeah it's like, all bad. Like, how does he get laid? He like, got, it's he, not good. He
0: has, he, he, ha- so here's the thing that I think is weird about this is that, um, I think there was a quote from like Nikita Khrushchev or something where he was like, you think the most powerful position in the world. Exists for you until you get to it and you realize it actually exists for everybody else who's around it Like and in the dictator's handbook. They have this like really interesting. This is about to fly off in outer space <laughs> but like I read this book It's called the dictator's handbook and it's fascinating because they, they try to break down how a political structure works to like a science mm-hmm. and they're like there's someone who's l- the locus of power and then there has to be a coalition of people that needs to exist in order to support that person in power and then there has to be like a, a group of people outside of that who have to be involved somehow in order to support that like platform. So what's weird about it is like in the United States, like that group of people has to be pretty fucking big to like support that platform. You have yeah. to have, um, you have to have people in in both houses of Congress, the House and the Senate. Uh, you have to have a majority of, and also you have to have the executive branch, and also that has to exist over time in order to get the judicial branch which is in there for life, like to on board with like your yeah. idea. So like the concept is that not only in terms of like space and number of people, but also over time in the United States, that group has to be really quite large to actually get anything political done. But in North Korea, <laughs> this guy only needs like a handful of people, but all of those people need him to be and do certain things or they will fucking kill him and remove him from power. So, like, it's weird because, like, in my mind, I'm like, is Kim Jong-un fucking the hottest North Korean bitches every night? Which, who wouldn't want to do that, I guess? (laughs) But, or, is he having to throw those hot-ass North Korean bitches at all of his, like, commanders? (laughs) Or he's going to get murdered in his sleep? I'm
1: sure he's got, like, ten people, and I'm sure there's more than ten women in Uh, North Korea.
0: That's probably true.
1: (laughs) I mean, we don't know because we're not allowed over there, but I bet there's... (laughs) What if that's why they're so mad? There's just like 12 women there and, and that's it. And he's,
0: there's just 12, 12 women who have enough nutrients to actually like be attractive. And he's got all of them on a really tight
1: leash, literally. Like, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, he's got a, you think he ever thinks about that? He's like, I got to give more food to these people so they at least look okay. No. <laughs> No he doesn't. No, like, he's like in a selfish way. In like a you know, like
0: in a way where he's like he probably he probably signs a document that's like, okay, give everybody twice the, the ration of rice and he probably just jerks off in a mirror like I'm just the nicest guy. <laughs> I'm so nice.
1: The thing that blows my mind and it's not a unique idea at all, <laughs> is that everyone thinks they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Like he thinks he's like he's like I'm doing what's best for North Korea. Yeah. And he he's a monster. He, he thinks he's morally right. <laughs> yeah, that scares me cuz I think I'm morally right and I just don't it's t- know. I,
0: it's completely terrifying. Have you heard Bill Petit has a joke where he says um he goes everybody you know the moment you realize everybody's doing the best they can <laughs> and he's like how sad is that? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like kind of the same thing like Kim Jong Un is is doing what he thinks is the best for all of his people,
1: <laughs> yeah, he thinks he's a good, good dude.
0: Yeah, there's no way he doesn't think. I mean, how would he? Because how would he? This is interesting because how would he ever edge into thinking? You know what? Maybe I'm not the best guy. Like, what would he have to do to like open that door up a little bit? Like, I heard a story. All right, hold on. I just <laughs> I'm watching Corey's face try to think of something to say in response to this insanity coming out of my mouth. But I heard this story, right? And it was from this guy <laughs> named Christian P- Picciolino. He's a former, or Picciolini maybe, he's a former um, neo-Nazi, right? And he, he's a reformed neo-Nazi, so he's now anti-extremism. Um, he's a really interesting fellow. And uh, the reason I bring this up is because he had this moment, and he said he was, this is the moment that started changing him, is he was like a serious neo-Nazi. Like he he would go out on the street, as opposed to like, I guess, a casual yeah, neo-Nazi. just a casual
1: <laughs> Someone's like, I, I n- dabble. I'm you a know? neo-Nazi,
0: but I just, I'm, you know, I'm one foot in, one foot out. <laughs> I mean, I'm a... F- a I'm weekend fu- neo-Nazi. I'm fu- <laughs> a weekend neo-Nazi. I'm for fu- 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 white supremacy, but not if I have to break up with my black girlfriend. <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, so somebody's gonna clip those, and when I run for office in a few years, they're just gonna put them together. Well,
1: and you had earlier. I'm reading the Dictator's Handbook or something like that. Whatever the name of it is. Yeah, the done. Dictator's
0: Handbook. Um, so anyway, um, I'm listening to this guy Christian Piccolino, and I'm like, "Why did you change your mind?" No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so he's like, uh, "I'm, I'm, he's, <laughs> he's talking about. It. He had this moment." Where he was, um, he was. I forget what city he lived in. I think it might have been Los Angeles. But he was like involved in like the the modern neo-Nazi movement, which started kind of in the eighties. And like, uh, he had a moment where he was there. There was a group of like black teenagers who showed up in a McDonald's that he and his buddies were in, and they were like, "This is our fucking McDonald's." And I, first of all, I think like that's, I yeah, I know. I like started laughing. I had to pause the thing I was listening to, and I started laughing because I was like. You're in a turf war over a McDonald's? Like, what What indicators do you need that your life is not going anywhere?
1: Well, and did they find a McDonald's that only had white people selling? Because <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that in my life. What? And that's illegal. You can't do that. This is the only white McDonald's. <laughs>
0: The whole country. You, gotta,
1: you gotta, <laughs> I guess I, I don't know here in America you gotta hire diversely. You can't just do all white people.
0: There's no I challenge you to say, will I'll I'll pay you a thousand dollars if you can start a McDonald's and only hire white people. There's no <laughs> fucking way you're gonna
1: do it. No, no. It like <laughs> I bet no, I, I bet there's some. Do you weird know how much town. hubris
0: white people have so much hubris. That's the problem. You'll call it you'll 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 put up a sign <laughs> you put up a sign. I put up a sign in the window that says, I challenge the white people in this neighborhood to work here. <laughs> and they'll come in and they'll be like, what are you paying? And I would be like, ah, we're paying, te- you know, $7, minimum wage, $7 an hour. And they'll be like, I'm not letting my daughter work here. Like,
1: <laughs> I, uh,
0: <laughs> She has a volleyball scholarship.
1: Oh, uh, the girl I dated in college, uh, her dad made a deal with her that if she got a job, he would pay her whatever her job paid her as well. What? And so- what? yeah so that's just like I don't know where why that my mind went to what that but fuck, it's like man yeah people are like my my kid deserves isn't that insane my parents think I deserve a lot like anytime I tell them I'm on a, I'm on a show that's like I'm excited about they're like so it's like a uh, comedy central gonna be there yeah <laughs> <laughs> No, they're not. <laughs> That's
0: the quickest way. I'd be like, fuck you, mom and dad. I would stop talking to my mom immediately. Uh, well they, oh, was Lauren Michaels at that show?
1: <laughs> they just don't know what's happening. My parents are They just very have no supportive. perception of what's going on in the comedy uh, world. So I was, I was four months in and I got to open for Doug Stanhope, yeah, which is, is insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and I didn't even yeah. understand how big it was, but I did understand it was a big deal. And I called my dad and I was like, hey, dad, I'm going to open for Doug Stanhope. Not realizing that people who don't do comedy, a lot of them don't know who Stanhope is. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's a comedy legend yeah, in, he, in the world of comedy. He's most
1: like that dumb thing where it's like, like I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. It's like, yeah. but he is your favorite comic's favorite, favorite comic, comic most yeah, for, likely. For sure. And so it's just a really fucking big deal. And I was trying to tell my dad, I was like, I, I get to open for Doug Stanhope. And he was like, who is that? And I was like, oh, he's a really (laughs) and I was trying to make my dad proud of me. I was like, he's a really big deal. This is a really cool thing for me. And he's like, oh, is he going to get you on TV? And I was just like,
0: (laughs) and just just and I love this, too, because your dad isn't trying to fucking grave rub you. But like he's doing it either way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, my dad's actually trying to be really supportive and like, uh. What's really cool is I've gotten to go up at the Laugh Factory a lot, and that's at least a word they know. Like, yeah, they're aware heard of it. Yeah. Laugh Factory. Yeah, and I think they probably think it's a bigger deal than it is. <laughs> but like, they get so proud of me when I'm going up at the Laugh Factory. They're like, "That's so cool," and the people like you. And I'm like, "Yeah," but like, you should see the people who they laugh. <laughs> like, oh, they they get really good comics. They'll but let, I mean, they'll let
0: anybody up there. They'll let, they'll let Blake Burkhardt up there
1: uh Bla- i I thought Blake Burkhart hated me and then I drove I thought he hated somewhere. me too
0: you, I met him years ago in Chicago and i let me say this to everybody listening who's if you haven't tuned out already from Bangalore or or Calcutta or uh the Jam- whole
1: White the whole.
0: uh Kingston Jamaica listens I have a, a, a one listener there and Mr. Putin of course has always turned in, but tuned in <laughs> but uh for you guys who don't know, Blake Burkhart is a great comic in Chicago he's actually he's super fucking funny. And uh, he he uh, helps produce C Y S K and does a lot of sets there. He's really funny and super deserves to be at the Laugh Factory. Um, but he I met him years ago, and uh, I'm I've been really good friends with Dave Metz since I was since years ago. We know uh, we've known each other for probably ten years at least. And uh, uh, he was a, he was a friend of a friend, and um, who I went uh, I went to elementary school with, who then later went to a private high school with Dave. Dave actually is the most Jewish guy you've ever met. <laughs> He's the most Jewish guy anybody in listening has ever met, even though you haven't met him. And uh, he went to a Catholic high school, which I think is <laughs> fucking so funny. Him just walking around with his, with his, with his Jew-fro Jew and his Jew nose and this, <laughs> this voice. where It's like, <laughs> oh, my God. What did St. Francis of Assisi say? Who the fuck cares? Like, he just... He's a very he's a very particular man. Anyway, where, where was I going with this? I met Blake years ago, and then Blake rem- has every time I've seen him since I met him one time. He was doing Sheppy Sinclair at a show at uh the at a comic book store, the Flatiron Building. I forget what show that that is actually because I've had a couple of drinks. But he was he's remembered me ever since. And he and I remember thinking he's like the nicest guy.
1: Yeah, he's real sweet. I. But he's just – I think he's shy. Like I forget that people have social anxiety, which I also have. So if I meet someone with social anxiety, it just becomes us not uh, talking at all and then me being convinced they hate me. And that's <laughs> usually not the case, but that's just what I think You're, in my head.
0: You, you are one of – and I mean this um, in a t- completely neutral way. You are one of the se- most sensitive men I've ever met. And yeah. I, I mean—and think that's a blessing and a curse Because I think that you pick up on a lot of shit. Like we'll have conversations after shows sometimes and you'll pick up on stuff. And I'm like, man, Corey is like, he's aware of like things that are really nuanced things that are going on. Yeah, I'm painfully
1: aware of how everyone feels all the time. And it it sucks. (laughs) It's so bad.
0: This is like you're like an X-Man and this is like your mutant power. Like I can't control it.
1: (laughs) It's just like I can't like because it's like. If someone, like, next to me is nervous, yeah. then now I'm nervous for them. <laughs> and it's, like, it's made dating hell. It's so bad. Oh, that bad. Sounds,
0: sounds awful, actually.
1: Because <laughs> I know that how they feel, but I don't know why they feel it. And if it's a negative emotion, it's my fault. And if it's a positive emotion, it's something else. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. if I go on a date with a girl and she's having a great time, I'm like, like, it's because like, just... she loves mini golf, man. <laughs> she. <laughs>
0: She hit that par three. She nailed it. <laughs> what a, she, this is the best game she's ever had. But she is sexually
1: unattracted to me.
0: <laughs> I know she keeps rubbing up against this golf club, but it's because she's getting really turned on by that little pirate skull that keeps going up and down in front of the hole.
1: <laughs> I got to lead away when I laugh because I'm going to break her.
0: Again. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> We are, um, we're hanging out in my kitchen and we're drinking uh, uh, Virtue's uh, Michigan Brute, which is uh, a great cider. I have a, this podcast is unofficially sponsored by Blake's, (laughs) Blake's Cider from Armada, Michigan. I'm sorry to be cheating on you, but Corey and I are both cider drinkers. Yeah, yeah. And we've been to Virtue. It's in Fenville, Michigan.
1: Yeah, it's beautiful out there.
0: It's really cool. It's like an old Norman style, like
1: farmhouse, kind of. They got Mm -hmm. pigs. They were like, there's a llama somewhere. We went
0: on the road with uh, me and you and <laughs> Pat McManus and Lindsay Lacito. That was one of the most fun trips I've actually ever had in comedy.
1: Yeah, no, I I loved it. We stayed at like your your parents' house there. It was beautiful and it was just, it was fun, man. That was like, I was like, I don't even care if I get good at this, if I can just do this all the time. and It just... was so
0: much fun and I haven't, it's funny because I have barely spoken to Lindsay or Pat since like, and that was a almost, that's a year and a half ago now.
1: Yeah, uh Lindsay, uh, I'm Lindsay and I are really close friends, but we don't talk for like a month and then we will talk for one month straight and then uh, just and then Pat is uh I love him, but sometimes he's hard to talk to. He, he
0: my favorite thing that he does and everybody needs to check this out on YouTube if you can is Pat reviews generic snacks. <laughs> he has a YouTube channel called Pat reviews generic snacks wherein he reviews unbranded <laughs> snacks. <laughs> <laughs> like potato chips and like pretzels and things like this, and uh, he has the bet. The thing that I love most about it is that there is a really super professional motion like cartoon that takes place right at the beginning of it, <laughs> of like Pat review and like really nice music. Like yeah. Pat reviews generic snacks, and then it stops and it's literally like him. It's a photo. It's like a video of him from his iPhone in his kitchen, and it's the worst <laughs> audio and worst video. And he just, and it's it's so dry.
1: And it's not like there aren't jokes. He just very sincerely, sincerely ind-
0: reviews generic snacks and he wants you to understand how, what the packaging is like and what, what his experience was purchasing it around the corner at a, a at a corner store. Like I, if he doesn't end up writing for, he's like in the Steven, in my opinion, he's a drier version of Of Stephen King, do you know Stephen King? Yeah, he's now on SNL. He writes for SNL. It,
1: he wrote it. (laughs) No, yeah, I know. He wrote
0: Misery, and he wrote it. He (laughs) he wrote uh, The Shining. (laughs) No, uh, a person who has done my house show, uh, House of Jokes, Stephen King. King. Stephen King did, and uh, he's now writing for SNL. And uh, yeah, so. I think Pat should end up doing something similar because he is so dryly funny. I know that we're talking about people you don't know, uh, <laughs> audience, and, but I encourage you to look them up on Google or on YouTube because there's a lot of really funny stuff that they do. Um, let's try to get back to a topic that people my, will understand <laughs> that my Indian audience understands. <laughs> I have... Um, 12 subscribers. Uh That's awesome. So I I meant that as a joke and you took it completely sincerely. <laughs> do you
1: not do you have more? <laughs> what is I don't that? know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I have 1200 subscribers on my YouTube channel. I should oh, probably shit. start cross-posting this stuff.
1: Yeah, you should definitely, especially for my episode. I need uh I need some some kind of backing. Uh I don't know if these people are going to like me but back me somehow. Yeah. I don't even know my shit uh, f- find me on Instagram I'm a I, I, short bald, here's the white
0: thing guy. here's the thing you are uh, constantly presenting yourself like you're you're on the verge of just falling apart like you're on the <laughs> you're constantly presenting yourself that you're just like I'm like man if anybody put please remove any sharp objects from Corey's immediate person because you're constantly re- pre- presenting yourself like that but I mean this sincerely. I think you are actually one of the, deep down, one of the most, like, well-put-together people. Like, I think that, I know that this is going to sound super surprising to you, but, like, I think that you actually have, like, a really good internal compass and, like, a really good, like, like, you have, like, really good ethics and, like, you're a really good person. Like, there's a lot of people in the stand-up comedy scene who I think, like, man they are they need a 12-step program like i don't know what it's maybe not for alcohol but it's got to be for something and i feel like you're a guy who's i'm like Corey could write a 12-step program
1: (laughs) yeah i i feel put together for the most part uh (laughs) it's just i'm very aware of how i'm feeling and like and just mood swings uh I used to be very depressed but since I've started mm. comedy that's gone aw- kind of gone away like uh, I'll have sad days but like yeah. it was like before I started comedy I was uh, I was bad it was bad my dad came to Lubbock <laughs> Texas to take my gun away Holy shit point. are you serious Yeah my dad drove to Lubbock and like didn't tell me he was coming came to Lubbock he was, like <laughs> opened the door to my fucking house and was like where is your gun and I was like, uh, it's in this book. Wait,
0: wait, wait, why did he do that though? How did he know to come and do that?
1: Um, so I went through, I, I dated this girl in college and at the time, like that was my dream was to marry her, which is a very sad dream.
0: Oh, I remember you telling me this story. Yeah. yeah and yeah.
1: it's, I just got really bad for a little while. Like, huh. uh, and then, uh, so my dad just kind of, I think just knew I was really bad off and was like, all right, I'm coming down. And he had. Or no, he came down when we broke up and was like, Are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. I was lying like a like an asshole and then uh I think just from like communicating with me, he was like, Oh, he's really not okay, and so he came and uh, I had a gun because it's Texas and we like yeah. those. And, I mean
0: Michigan's the same.
1: Yeah, and so uh and he just came and he's like, Hey, where's that gun? And I was like, right there and I was like, You don't need to take it, but like he he needed yeah, he had to take that <laughs> and it's Wow. Was, so,
0: but but what tipped him off to that you were maybe considering something, you know, hurting uh, yourself?
1: My dad is uh, like me in the sense to where he's extremely worried, so I don't mm. think I gave him a real hard tip, but it was just like...
0: He just was thinking about maybe you...
1: <laughs> he was probably keeping that... <laughs> up with how many episodes of Monk I watched today. <laughs> he's like, he's on season six? <laughs> that means he's done nothing. <laughs> Because I had I had a month where I didn't go outside. I just uh, I watched Monk and I would only leave my house to buy chicken from Kane's Chicken. Yeah. And nothing else. And I was very yeah. sad. And like and so something I don't know exactly what tipped him off. But he knew and he came and he was like, all right, I'm taking this. And then he tried to get me. To, my dad tried to get me to quit college. He was like, come back to like he was like, take a year off. Like, you know. You yeah. Need chill to- out. Come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, that's amazing. I'm sorry to laugh so hard at that. <laughs> no,
1: it's very funny now because now I'm really good. Like,
0: <laughs> <Monk>. <laughs> with Tony Schluß,
1: <laughs> I couldn't fucking remember his name the yeah, other Tony day. Tony Schluß. Yeah, he's how could great? you forget? I don't remember anything about that show though, because I was just like, as like, well, he's
0: an obsessive compulsive detective.
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember that much, but like, if you ask me, like. I, I watched the whole show like eyes on the TV, but like, it's just like the whole time I was like, why did it's she not leave blinking? Me? <laughs> just
0: putting eye drops in your eyes. Like a, like the fucking, uh, uh, shit. What is that? Uh, clockwork orange. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, good for your dad to care about you. I've never had, so I've been in very depressed, uh, before in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the only time that I would have – I mean, I've had episodes where – not to compare cards here, but I've had episodes – because I actually want to talk more about this because you've told me the story before, and I think that actually it informs a lot of – you're able to go to some emotional places in your comedy that I think pulls the audience with you, and as a result, you're able to hit some like really heavy emotional punchlines that provide a kind of catharsis for the audience mm-hmm. that is very funny. Like, and I've seen you do it more than once. And uh, it's something that, in a weird way, I kind of feel like I don't I don't do. I'd stay away from a lot of, like, em- emotions in my comedy. Um, and, and really in a lot of art that I've ever done at all, which is strange because I feel like I like exploring different emotional areas. But, uh, shit, where was I going with this? Um, by the way, the, all of the cider I just drank is hitting me, like, right now. <laughs> <laughs> at minute 28 uh, of this podcast. <laughs> What the fuck was I talking about? Oh, my parents. I remember now. Uh, I had a episode myself. It's I, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this, but I had an episode where I um I, my my cousin died really mm-hmm. tragically. And he was uh, he was he was a year younger than me and uh, we were very close growing up and he was uh, and it was very weird because I was in France for six months and the whole time I was there I had this very strange I was like, I'm, I want to figure my life out. I want to figure out where everything is going. I want to figure out what the point of life is. What like, Is there a God? Is there like all this stuff? And we, we'll get into this in a second because you and I have talked about this before a little bit. But I remember I had kind of determined by the end of this summer, I was like, you know what? I, I, I don't really think there's a God or, or I don't know if there is or not, but I think that there's some kind of like presence maybe. Yeah, but I'm like an atheist Christian if that makes any sense and then makes like perfect sense to me And then I got all right, we'll talk about that in a second And then I got this phone call from my parents and they were like you have to come home right now Because uh, you're cut co- something terrible has happened to your cousin So if I go back to the united states and uh, my cousin had gotten hit by a drunk driver with his girlfriend on a tandem bicycle in clearwater, florida and uh, this 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 threw my life, I don't want to go into it that particular event yeah. too much, but it threw my life into this crazy tailspin for the better part of a year. And um, at the end of that year, because it was just like any no, nothing made, what was the purpose of anything anymore is kind of mm-hmm. how it was. And him and I were like very close. And um, at the end of that, I was basically homeless. I was uh, living at a friend's place in Boulder, Colorado, and I moved back home to my parents' place. It's a very long-winded way of getting to this punchline. <laughs> this is why I'm not good at comedy. <laughs> I could have condensed this into like a setup and a punchline. Here's the punchline of the story. I was in a very bad place, similar to what you had described. Uh-huh. And uh, my parents came up to visit me in this house in northern Michigan where I was staying.
1: Is this where we stayed? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. The yeah. same
0: exact house. Because I think I told you this. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've I think been, I've. Heard... I, was, I lived here for like an entire time And my parents came up and they were like, how are you doing, Brendan? And I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I'm fine. <laughs> Been in this house for eight months by myself. (laughs) It's been nothing but winter. It was me and (laughs) two cats and a dog. (laughs) And then then it came up and my parents, I think, were like, okay, something is wrong with our son. I think that in their eyes, I could tell that they were like, okay, we don't know what to do (laughs) to help our child. But they didn't remove any of the firearms from the fucking house.
1: (laughs) you just had guns all over the place just like guns are crazy because it's just like hey you want to take half a second and uh not exist like do you want to do that because you can and that's insane to me is that
0: fucking crazy you could just at any moment you could just go end it
1: yeah it should be so much harder to kill yourself and it's not and that's you should have to answer
0: generally. a series of, of essay questions like you should really And at the end of it If you answered them People will be like Alright you just Okay you got it You answered six essay questions In five paragraph format You got it And still
1: wrote the letter That's impressive
0: Yeah you know You, you drank a lot of coffee you, you are You are in the right state of mind To end it
1: Pulled an all nighter Just for a suicide note This is do at 8am god I, I, there's no spell check on this fucking computer i don't it's
0: longhand man you gotta <laughs> that's, so, that's so funny oh, i've oh always
1: wanted to do it to do a skit about a fucking teacher who gets their students to like practice proofreading on suicide notes oh my god that's I, it... I
0: yeah you we so i think that would be so funny <laughs>
1: I think I think I got that cuz you riffed on something where I did a really sad set <laughs> and you I think you said you're like Cory gets his kids to proofread his <laughs> suicide, suicide note <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think you were like hosting at Blarney or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I need to come back and do that that again. I ta- I technically, I guess I on paper still own that mic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I got the fuck out of there, man. But I'm still there every week, just yeah, hosting. Yeah. It. Janelle
0: is hosting it now. She's hosting and producing it, basically. Yeah, she's she, great, man. Yeah, she she's is, amazing. Janelle Murphy. I need to get her on this
1: podcast. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's a go getter. So she's she cares about that mic more than any of us ever did. So... <laughs> You
0: hear that, Mike Eunice. You hear that, Bobby Hill? I love that Bobby's in uh, Bobby's in L.A. just crushing it. Yeah. With, with fucking everybody. Um, I, I, I just really wish that whoever hosts it starts out with a long diatribe about the history of that mic. Because it feels very important to do.
1: It does. It's a very historic mic. I was thinking the other day... That I was kind of glad I wasn't doing it anymore because yeah. if they ever decide to stop doing it, I feel very bad for whoever's running it at that point.
0: Well, it's kind of weird because um, it's one of the only continue with the exception of Coles Bar. I think the Coles is the the longest <laughs> running. Do you have any more cider in this thing, by the way? No, no. Goku, no. Go, go, go! Get up and grab another one. You want some more? Uh, no, I'm good. I had I poured two in here. Do you, did you like that Virtue cider? that's yeah, you you brought it man <laughs> hold on I got it right here he's uh Cory is attempting to open this um I got it uh <coughs> bottle of strongbow uh we're cider guys and um I actually have a YouTube channel called the cider head and I have one episode that I decided to record and it's on the virtue. Uh, rosé cider which is actually not that great
1: <laughs> really i really like that one that's one of the ones we had when we went right the virtue i thought we had virtue rosé when we were i don't there.
0: think we had rosé we had um the cherry mitten is probably <laughs> okay, the one yeah. you're thinking
1: of yeah i like that a lot. that
0: one is fantastic and it's impo- it's almost impossible to get anywhere but the um the actual uh, cider mill in, in fenville do not you pour it into the So I have these wonderful, another unofficial sponsor of this podcast is the Stanley PMI Company. Stanley, since 1913. Uh, Stanley, all of your cold-keeping and hot-keeping needs to any liquids or foods that you desire. Stanley, an American classic.
1: <laughs> I I always think like how hard would it be? Just Who the to fuck is going to listen
0: to this goddamn podcast? Just
1: sponsor this podcast and just give us free <laughs> mugs and some free some free cider. That would make my life.
0: I know this is completely derailed because we had a
1: point and a, and we've lost it. But we we're, were talking about God and sadness. Yeah, we're gonna
0: we're gonna get back into it in a second. But I um I want to mention this. I actually did message the Stanley Company and I said I'm a I I have a sales team here in Chicago. And I uh, love your product. And I actually bought Stanley mugs for everybody on my team as a Christmas present. And I was like, a- anything you want to, I was like, listen, I love your brand. I'm a huge brand ambassador. If you wanted to send me a bunch of shit, I would love it. I'll put the stickers on everything i like and these guys actually sent me a whole bunch of stuff that's awesome it was really cool and uh they're a great company anyways where i'm going with that let's talk about god and sadness again
1: <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna ask a really but, weird not funny question where because sure. your 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 cousin died very tragically sure uh and you were kind of like not believing in god at that point did you feel guilty about that
0: that I didn't believe in like, God. Did you or that... feel,
1: well, did you feel like somehow God actually was real and He was punishing you by?
0: No, I. That's an interesting, Corey. That's an. It's not something to be perfectly honest. It's not something I've ever really thought about um, until now. <laughs> and in retrospect, I feel terrible.
1: <laughs> well, I because I I'm going through this weird thing right now, and I reached a point to where I was like, you know what? I don't think God's real. And then uh, my mm-hmm. nephew was born, and my nephew was born with like a heart defect. Shit. And like, and he had to have surgery like the day he was born. And I was like, Oh, God's going to, I really thought God was going to kill that baby because I had said I did not believe in him, Jesus. which is like a really weird, it's so much,
0: I think it, uh, this is going to sound strange, but I think that I once, want... this is, uh, this is actually how I feel about it. And there's, there's, there's two thoughts here. Um, and as in many of the thoughts and points that I make, I feel like I have a story to like describe it. Mm -hmm. Um, years ago I dated this girl, uh, and I won't share her name on this podcast. If it was just you and me, I'd tell you, but I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was junior Miss Michigan from years ago. She's very beautiful. She's an amazing woman. Oh, Lauren. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Lauren Bixacki, you know, (laughs) you know her, You're, you're aware of her. Um, uh, is she I should just make this podcast a picture of some chick? <laughs> like, uh, and just be like, hey, this is her? No, uh, some woman in um, in in Michigan, junior Miss Michigan, she was amazing. And um her and I had this back and forth because I loved her very much and mm-hmm. I had known her for years. And uh, there was a very strong not only attraction because she was gorgeous, but there's an attraction that was almost spiritual in the sense that I was like, something feels like we should be together. And, uh, she was dating, she ended up dating through a whole bunch of things that I won't get into because, uh, it, it is in the sake of time in this podcast, she ended up dating a, a very close friend of mine and, um, her and I dated first and then, uh, it didn't really work out for us, uh, because she had other things going on and I was in college. And, um, even though I was pursuing it and she was kind of distant, then she ended up dating a friend of mine and then, uh, they dated very seriously for a little while. They broke up her and I dated again. And then um, she came to me one day and she was like, hey, um, <coughs> you know, Michael came to me. And that's the dude's name. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that God, he goes, my, or she goes, Michael said God came to him and told him that we were supposed to be together. And there was this weird feeling I had where I was like, I I, I don't really think that God cares about shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like the creator of the universe has like better things to spend his time on.
1: Yeah, but God is a big, uh, that's like growing, I grew up super religious and God was like your dating like problem solver. Like if you didn't like a girl anymore and yeah. you were too much of a pussy to just uh-huh. be like, because I, I did that several times. I'm not proud of it, to, but where I was like, I want to break up with this girl. I don't want to be an asshole. So I'd be like, hey, uh, God told me that like right now I need to spend time and God get closer told me, to him.
0: God told me that I need to, we need to break up, but first I need to shoot a load all over your face. <laughs>
1: no, nah, I was. It's I was very <laughs>
0: confusing for me. It's very confusing, and I'm, I'm not. Exa- I don't even feel okay with it. But all I'm remembering is the story of Abraham and uh, Mount Moriah, and I'm thinking, this is is this my Isaac that I need yeah. to shoot my load on your face, even though
1: I feel really uncomfortable <laughs> with it. And maybe God will bring a goat, and I'll just shoot my load on the goat <laughs> instead. <laughs>
0: Oh, it's nothing I haven't done before uh,
1: <laughs> this is derailing so fast,
0: yeah, it really is. Uh, we had a we had a serious point earlier, but this is why Corey and I had never done a podcast before is because I just kept thinking all we're gonna do is talk about common goats,
1: and I'm sorry, I have to keep leaning away from the mic because I laugh so <laughs> fucking loud. It would be bad. it's,
0: it's so good, man um. So I, it just, do you understand? Like, I feel like there was a part of me that was like, I can appreciate that. Like, that's a thing, but like, she, so, so she said this to me, I said this on Brandon Gay's podcast. Like she said this to me and she kind of like looked at me like, what do you got, dude? And like, I'm like, am I going to lie and say that? I think that God said we're supposed to be, yeah, I felt very strong. And in that moment I felt like I had this decision and I don't know if I had said, yeah, I think that God is telling us that we need to be, be together too. I, who knows what would have happened? But like, there was a part of me where like, let me, let me, let me draw it back. I don't. I, and maybe this is a personal issue with me, but I don't feel like I'm so important as to draw the attention or even, uh, especially, ire of the creator of the motherfucking universe. You <laughs> know, what I mean? there's nine billion people on the planet, and that's just right now. Like that's not counting future or past generations. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like I, I just like if I'm spiteful of God for some reason, I feel like he could, he, he has way better things to occupy his attention than trying to fuck with the life of Brendan Lemon.
1: Yeah. Logically. I know that like logically that makes sense, but still like, you still want to feel shitty. I've had several times where like, I've kind of like been pulling away from religion and all that. And like, I remember because I used to smoke and I used to have sleep apnea uh, and I still kind of smoke, but it's gone down and like I've been taking better care of myself. I don't have sleep apnea anymore. Sure. But the first time I had sleep apnea was when I was like, maybe God's not real. And it feels like you're you wake up and you haven't been breathing. So it feels like you can't breathe. And and, like instantly I like dropped to my knees and I was like, I'm sorry, God, just don't kill me right now. (laughs) And like, please. So I. I'm, I'm a really, I I don't even want to say atheist. I'm kind of like, I think there's something out there. Mm. I don't know what it is, uh, but it's not the God that I was raised with. Like Mm. not sending Muslims to hell and all that shit. But then as soon as something bad happens, I'm like, I'm so sorry, God, you're right about everything. I shouldn't yeah. have fucked anybody before I got married. Well,
0: I, I don't know. I feel like I'm in a similar kind of thing because uh, every time if I'm on an I'll, I'll say it's weird um, because nobody's ever really confronted me with this. But my uncle once said to me, he was like, if you're an <laughs> atheist, where do you, you know, do you do you? Do you st- he asked me, he he was like, do you still say prayers? And I said, yes. And he goes, well, who do you think those are going to? And I was kind of like, ah. And then in some movie, I forget which one it was uh, that I was watching, there was an answer to this question. And somebody was like, who are you praying to? And then somebody said, anybody who will listen. And I was like, "I." something about that feels almost more a- appropriate to me than being like "There's a there's a anthropomorphic, deity who subscribes to everything the bible says literally and like it, there's there's some idea of like there's a there's a presence in the universe and i think that 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 may be true but i don't know what it is and like um you know slavoj zizak not to make this again too deep a cut but like <laughs> slavoj Zizek, who's a philosopher says that the only true athe the only way to arrive at true atheism is through christianity and i i think that he i think that he's actually right about that but I think that there is a kind of morality that Christianity portrays that is, is, is actually, in a weird way, metaphysically correct. And the only way to become an atheist in any kind of good sense is through the doorway of that, of, of that morality.
1: Did he mean like any religion or specifically Christianity? He
0: meant specifically Christianity.
1: So, uh, why so uh, not not start a fight I'm very dumb I'm very dumb and I just yeah, why not we, why not like another religion well, could you
0: well here's here's what his reasoning I think might be which is that and I've thought about this before too is that um, so 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 when my cousin died uh-huh. um, there was a very interesting thing that the Lutheran minister said at his funeral and he said that uh, God in the Bible, guarantees only one thing, which is that when the time of you taking up your cross happens, you will not be alone. That there will be Christ with you also bearing the cross at the moment. That that everyone has to do that. And mm-hmm. that at some moment, you will do that, but you will not be alone. What I think is fascinating about that is that uh, uh, the... In the, that's actually the opposite of what the Bible says in a strange way. So first of all, I think that, that that's not incorrect. Uh-huh. But I think that all people suffer in the same fashion. That is that you're not alone in your suffering. There's a kind of metaphysical suffering. And I think that the, the story of the Bible actually portrays that concept, which is that in the book, the book of Mark, which is the oldest of the Gospels. Gospels, the book here's how the, I actually talked about this in my um uh, Edinburgh show is that the book of Mark in the Gospels basically says this there's uh, Jesus and he tries to perform a bunch of miracles and actually most of them don't work that's how what the book of Mark basically says <laughs> and then he goes to uh, Jerusalem and people receive him <laughs>
1: What the fuck? I was, was trying to I was trying to fuck with my sock, and <laughs> you made me get too comfortable, man. I took my shoes off. All
0: right, got it. What's it Corey just knocked his uh, earbuds out? <laughs> but that happened so dramatically in the middle of this very very, very beautiful story. moment. Yeah, <laughs> I'm talking about Jesus, and anyway, so, uh, so anyway, so Jesus goes uh to Jerusalem, and uh, he is, uh, basically betrayed by his, uh, the people he, he came with and, uh, Pontius, you, you know, the story, you know, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Bible, Pontius, Pontius Paul is like, which one do you want to, do you want Barabbas or do you want Jesus to go? And people are like, Jesus, this guy's pointing out, he's such a good ass, goody two shoes motherfucker, he's pointing out all of our flaws, um, and this is a whole other discussion, but like, <laughs> I feel like I would have called for his crucifixion, it's a long story, but, um... <laughs> And, and I don't mean that facetiously. I mean that sincerely.
1: No, we probably all would. Because most of the people. We all would have. I think it's so dumb when people see, like, when 99% of the people at a time did something terrible and they're like, I wouldn't. Like, I hate when white people are like, well, I would have been the one freeing the slaves. It's like, no, no yeah. You fucking I would have
0: been the one. Your grandma hi, didn't. I would have been the one hiding Jews.
1: <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> no,
0: no, dude. You would have been like, hey, get in the gas chamber, asshole. <laughs>
1: It's just, it's so easy to look at the past and be like, I would have been the good guy. And it's like, most likely no, you would have probably, Yeah,
0: you probably would have been an asshole. You probably would have been, are you kidding? I'm trying to be a slave owner right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> looking done at you,
0: <laughs> Looking at you, Bill Petit. Um, <laughs> Bill said to me the other day, I know this is getting derailed, but Bill said to me the other day, he's like, you know, we were having a very serious discussion. And he was like, you know, man, I mean, it's crazy. It's like, my family's only like- what, four generations, five generations away from slavery? And I said, and I stopped and I said, no, Bill, no. And he went, what? And I said, no, you're only one generation away. And he was like, what? And I said, in the future. <laughs> oh <my
1: God. laughs> yeah, you can't be president. <laughs> you just ruined that for I sure. I know, it's so
0: bad. <laughs> uh, there's no room for humor in the world, I think. Uh, so to get back to this thing I'm talking about. So Jesus, uh, he gets he gets crucified. So the book of Mark is basically this Jesus gets crucified. He says, Eloi, 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 uh, which is the name of God in ancient Aram- uh, Hebrew, Aramaic. What um, God, why have you forsaken me? And then he dies. And that's the end of the fucking book.
1: Yeah, by himself. By himself, He God. dies
0: alone. And so the point, the point, the point, the very powerful point that I think that book is trying to make that then is undone in the book of John Is that Jesus dies alone? The even the Son of God dies alone. So whatever suffering you're dealing with, you know what I mean. Even God's Son dies alone. So you got what do you what do you expect? Kind of. There's a weird sort of like, you know, the oldest book in the Bible is the is the Book of Job, Mm -hmm. and um, I talked about this in the Edinburgh show too is that in the book of Job, the book of Job is basically this to everybody, uh, everybody in India who's never read this. Um, (laughs) They were Christians. I I mean, I mean, you know, (laughs) with the thing that I love about Indian Hindus is this, they want, they, they are so okay with the idea of many gods that they were like, Jesus is the son of God. And they were like, Oh yeah, of of course.
1: Yeah. One of them.
0: (laughs) 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 I am God. You are God. We are all God. (laughs) Oh man. So, um, (laughs) <laughs> this has gotten this has gotten so crazy. What I I'll, I'll go into the story, but I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that first.
1: Uh, so right now, first of all, is I'm thinking I'm like, oh, it's crazy because like I and I'm dumb, so maybe I don't know, but it is crazy. Like Christianity seems to be a very uh, uh vindictive religion to where I was like, hmm. oh yeah, like I feel like other religions would be more okay with being like, yeah, maybe Jesus was the son of God or a god or sure. like anything, and like Christians like. Like, right. I, I, no, dude, he was. Okay. Well, I just remember, like, growing up in church, and, like, they would, like, call them out like it was a weird fucking, like, roast show. They'd be like, Buddhists aren't making it to Jesus. And, like, Hindus aren't <laughs> see, making is, it to heaven. See, this
0: is what's so interesting about, like, so you grew up, so I grew up in the church in the north. Uh huh. And you grew up in the church in the south. What denomination were you
1: guys? Uh, Southern Baptist.
0: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, can't All right. dance. So that's exact. <laughs> that's so funny. So, um, I mean, you know, they, <laughs> they should try more often is what they should do. Then maybe they could <laughs> dance. But so my grandmother was Southern Baptist. Mm. My, my dad's stepmother. But my family was predominantly Presbyterian. So we grew up in a Presbyterian church. And the Presbyterian church was more like there are many paths to God. And like there are many and like not in a way that they were like. Uh, it was kind of more like there are many paths to God. And what's more important is your personal relationship with God and also we're not really going to talk about Muslims or Jews. <laughs> like <laughs>
1: this no, does mu- not
0: address that issue.
1: No, my church would like be like, look, if uh you have Muslim friends, you got to get them here cuz they're going to hell. And like I remember we had so many yeah. we had so many uh just so many lessons like where they would talk to the whole church about how gay people are going to hell. Jesus. And it's like we didn't I mean I we probably had some closeted gay people but as far as everyone knew no one was gay in there so it's like why the fuck are, why we, are we, even we talking about this like yeah and it was just like
0: cuz that preacher's probably sucking dicks in the bathroom yeah for sure I <laughs> probably I probably like, driving to Austin
1: I had a friend who stopped going to church cuz she was just like she's it's lesbian too heavy. and she is like I can't like See, Everyone? that's the
0: thing is, like, uh, the Presbyterian church, they were like, we, w- we welcome everybody. What's more important to us is your personal relationship with God. I'm not somebody who can judge whether or not you're going to be, um, you know, somebody who's going to heaven or what's
1: going on. Uh, we would have been nice to everybody and just thought they were going to hell. Like, so, like, we weren't like, we weren't that's, like, get out of here, see, gay I man. See, I feel like
0: that right there, what you said, is, like, the most the most cl- clear description of a southern attitude. <laughs> <laughs> we'd have been very nice to you but we're like you're gonna burn in the lake of fire <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's been the biggest thing man I, I think my parents think I'm going to hell and it's like a weird thing because I'm like I don't think I am. I don't know. I don't know
0: why he would. You see, you're the nicest guy. Because you're legitimately like the nicest guy I know. <laughs> like I feel, I feel like you're the nicest guy in Chicago comedy.
1: Because uh, being nice doesn't matter. It's just like. Uh, but
0: why would that? Be, but but uh, so. But what kind of God? All right, this is serious. What kind of God would he? Would would the character of our deity be? if he actually didn't care about how nice of a person you were. If he was like, you can be a fucking asshole, as long as you were like, accept Jesus into your heart and you definitely don't suck any dicks like that. That would be so weird. Wouldn't it?
1: I completely agree. And the other thing that threw me off is if you really believe in the Christian God, you believe he's omnipotent, omni, uh, Uh, I was going to use a bunch of big words. He knows everything. He's all powerful. He's ubiquitous. He's
0: omnipresent. He
1: creates you in the womb. He creates your DNA. Like he knows every single thing that will happen in your life. And then he's created your DNA to respond in a certain way. And I was like, so if you really think about it, God made me in a way that like, I'm going to be here, not wondering if he's real. And if that sends me to hell, he sent me to hell. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what eventually, this is not funny at all, but no. that's eventually like what got me like <laughs> just this really deep thing. Like God created yeah. the Sims character to, God created it. The Sims character. well, he, if, if he's real, he knows exactly what I'm going to do. So he made me to be like, I don't know if you're real. And then he's going to be like, fuck you. Cause you yeah. said that. It's yeah. like, no, you did that. You asshole.
0: Well, so what's weird about this is that like, so there are like serious, uh, Christian scholars like Soren Kierkegaard who in fear and trembling expresses this idea that um, uncertainty and, the, and anxiety in the face of uncertainty is actually the more accurate description of faith that like somebody who's like nah I get it and like that's their <laughs> whole thing is like no you're not you don't you never had to these are serious questions you have to wrestle with and I feel like if if there is a God, and there very well may be some kind of presence, um, you know, that that the that that the Christian Bible and the Christian experience is attempting, but seeing through a glass darkly, trying to uh-huh. um, describe. I think that uh, it, whatever that presence is, it's more, uh, it's captured more so in the in the anxiety of attempting to figure it out and trying to be infidelity to it. Um, then somebody just going like, yeah, no, just fuck faggots. And like, that's their whole, and I don't mean to be reductive.
1: No, 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 not at all. I just think, I just think like you should just be a good person, whether or not there is a God. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's just like, you shouldn't be like, well, like, I, I, I met this dude, and he, we were talking, and uh, I didn't meet him. We were good friends growing up, and he got very upset when he learned that I smoked, and when he learned that I thought God may not be real.
0: Oh, what, did he, what, what happened when he learned that you fucked it, a dude's asshole?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, he really enjoyed it. Uh- <laughs>
0: He looked back over. His, he looked, he looked back, back over his shoulder and he said, "Corey, we're uh, going to hell. Listen, we're, you're going to go to hell, but but it's because you're smoking and
1: drinking. He's, this this he's, is he's, heaven he's, right here." He kept saying. He kept saying, "Just say you're forcing me. Say you're, <laughs> I don't like this. It, Keep going. It's not
0: a sin if you're on bottom.
1: uh oh, <laughs> oh my god. god oh shit and uh, <laughs> so i was talking to him about not believing in god <laughs> or whatever this is god oh my god uh, it's, yeah it's and just... uh and then he, he was like and so i was just like i don't think like i was like you know like what if like i think we should just be good people and i was like like if someone needs money i'm gonna give them money like yeah. if a homeless guy needs money sure and I was like, because like he needs it and that's going to do well for him. And he is, and I was like, and so like, I don't think that matters because you would do the same thing. And he, and he very sincerely was like, I would give him money because God wants me to give him money. And I was like, so if I could prove right now, there's no God, you wouldn't help out someone. And he was like, no. And I was no, like, no. oh, then you're an asshole, yeah, man. You're like, fucking like, awful. You're that. an evil yeah. person who's trying to like win the favor of this dude. You don't even know if he's real. Like, <laughs> That's what you are.
0: You're trying to stand the best on the good side of your best buddy, who you don't even know <laughs> who exists. How weird is that? Uh, man, we've been at this for about an hour. It's actually gone by pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking like I was like uh, I. I don't have anything to do till ten. Can you just do a no, five can, hour we, podcast? I, no, we
0: get we keep going. It's uh, there's no issue at all. I'm, I'm we're at 58 minutes. I am at one bar in the battery of my oh zoom, shit. So
1: we gotta wrap the Zoom this shit recorder.
0: Up. No, we got we're we're okay. If this ends up, it's so bad. I was um interviewing Law Torello. You know Lawrence Torello. He's a I've um, heard the name he's an improviser. He's an actor. He's a he's a very funny comedian. I've seen him do comedy. He's, he's friends with Joshua Stone's Throw.
1: Okay,
0: and um. Uh, who's in Atlanta, by the way. I don't know if you know that. He's, uh, his career is c- crushing it, man. He's doing pretty well in, in, in terms of acting. And um, anyway, I was interviewing Torello and this Zoom pod fucking thing... Uh It died four times I had like all these Different batteries That I thought were good Turns out they're all bad And every time It's like I would die And then I would talk I probably lost like I had you know 18 subscribers And six of them Went away Because like A third of my audience Left Because they were like Fuck the audio quality Of this podcast <laughs> it, was bad. it was bad news
1: Well you're gonna lose Six more of this time. <laughs> There's so much Champion I know
0: this is so This is so bad Um This is the second time you've been over this apartment, though,
1: I think, right? I think this is, like, my fourth or fifth, man. Oh, really? Yeah, we're good friends. (laughs) I think you you forget that. You said
0: something very uh, sincere to me, though. You said you were like, hey, you know, it wasn't until you left Chicago that I was like, oh, shit, Brennan's, like, one of my really good friends in Chicago.
1: Yeah, because it's very confusing because we see people every day that we honestly don't give a shit about. Like, yeah, it's weird sounds, to say that,
0: but it's totally accurate.
1: But it's so true. There are people that I think are very funny, and I think they're good people. But, but like, you're like, I don't give a fuck.
0: Like, I want to go to their funeral.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to go see their... like Blake
0: leader. Burkhart's funeral. <laughs> just
1: fucking... I would not <laughs> go at all. <laughs> I would say he wrote really good jokes while he was alive.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, he wrote really great, mediocre jokes while he was alive. <laughs> That's definitely...
1: Oh, uh, man. I hope... I really hope when I die that people just talk shit about me. Like, I, I really... I thought about putting that as a status, but then I thought it would worry my parents. But I wanted to just be like, (laughs) I want to be like, please say nice things about me now and say terrible things about me when I die. Because it's just like
0: a roast that you're not present for.
1: I think it's just so much. That's why I like comedy so much. And like I, I really came into comedy. The reason when I was really bad off and my dad took my gun. And I ended up being okay is because I had someone who like knew I was sad and mm. made me join an improv group and mm. made me start doing stand up. And I haven't wanted to kill myself since I've started doing stand up. And I think that's fucking beautiful. And I think like comedy and doing dumb, terrible jokes is a way to like fight this thing of like, Oh, we're all going to die. And so like, I really like my parents aren't going to get it and that's fine. Uh, so like don't make mean jokes to my parents but I hope like when my friends if I die if I died tragically and my friends were really sad I hope they'd be like but he is kind of a dick you know (laughs) like that's, I really want and then everyone fucking laughs because it doesn't matter yeah like at the end of the day like you being like he wrote the best jokes and he was so funny and he was a good man it's like that's not gonna bring me back I'm still dead yeah you're gone just call me a fucking asshole and just take a shot that's what I want
0: It's weird. It's funny that you... Maybe this is a thing. Actually, I would be interested to hear if this is a thing amongst comedians. But I feel like I'm kind of in a similar boat in the sense that, like, every once in a while, I imagine, like, man, what is my... Not my funeral, but what is my wake going to be like? (laughs) Like, I come from an Irish-Scottish family, and I'm like, what would my wake be like? (laughs) And I'm like, there's just people drinking and fighting and fucking telling jokes. And I'm like, all these comedians... Like, I was telling Gloria earlier, I was like... If I'm like, Gloria, if when, if slash when we end up getting married, uh, I'm going to have all these comedians at our wedding and they're just going to tell all these goddamn it's going to be all these jokes. <laughs> and in a weird way, I was like, I cannot wait. Like part of me wants to be like, I want to be present at my own funeral to like oh, see yeah. all these comedians say this shit.
1: Oh yeah. I have that all the time. And here's the thing. Cause it's just, I would know who my good friends are. Like, yeah. Because you are one of my good friends. If you died, I would be devastated. Yeah. But the minute someone was like, because here's the thing someone dies and everyone's like, they were really, their jokes were so fucking good. <laughs> I'd be like, no, you kind of sucked, man. Yeah. Because that's what would make me feel better. And like, and like, you don't want me to kiss yeah. your ass the whole time. Like, why aren't we nice to people when they're alive? And yeah. Then, and then mean to them when they're when dead. When they're dead, yeah. Because they, they can't do shit there's for us when they're dead. So, yeah,
0: there's something weird about that. Like Michael, you know, Michael Yankovich.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, Michael Yankovich passed away. And it was funny because I was in Paris in January when that happened. Uh-huh. And I a- actually felt a sense of bereavement because I was like, I, I know Mike. And I've yeah. seen him. And I've seen him at, he's come to Mike's. He's come to, he did my house show. Like, he's, he's someone who I know in my life. And it was weird because, like, all these people were posting these, like, very sincere stories about Michael Yankovic. And then I was a member of, like, a number of, like, small um, group messages on uh, on Facebook. Uh-huh. And as we were talking on Facebook, the 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 tone turned from, like, oh, Mike, he was... We're going to miss him to, like, all these shitty stories about things <laughs> that Mike had done. And in a weird way, I was like, this is almost a strange monument to Michael Yankovic. Like, yeah. he like he was he was almost beautifully awful in a kind of way and um and i, I and I, and i should say this for the audience and anybody who's listening in the chicago community like i'm genuinely going to miss him like he was he was he 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 if he had stick, stuck around for another 5 years would would really have been a great co- joke not only great joke writer but great comedian
1: yeah so if we can take a step back michael yankovich was a really good comic yeah a really nice dude but here's the thing when he was alive all i did was bust his balls (laughs) yeah he would like because he was alive and he would tell me he'd be like man i'm like i can't i'm gonna be great i'm gonna be super famous and i'd be like fuck you man you suck (laughs) and all of a sudden he dies and i became just a little bitch and i'm like no he was the best and i did that (laughs) and I, i i will admit that i did that but it's like you know like why now are we like why didn't I tell him when he was alive, like, I think you're really good, and I think you're a really nice dude. And it's because I'm like, oh, because he's going to think I want to fuck him or something <laughs> stupid like that. And it's like, no, like, there's a small part of me, like, and I didn't know him super well, but there's a small part of me that loved that man.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: And I didn't fucking tell him because it's weird. Like, yeah. And I'm trying to get better about that, but there are so many people here that I love. Well,
0: you know, let me tell you this. I'm, I, I don't, I I. so I I appreciate that this is something that bothers you because it's something in your being that wasn't reconciled when it when when Mike was alive, because you never completed that feeling, and I, I get it, but I encourage you to say say this. I don't feel that way because I told Mike when he was alive that I really appreciated him, and I want to tell you this right now. I love you very much, <laughs> and this is not the two ciders I had in this cup before <laughs> this moment. But Corey Wood, I love you very much. You're a wonderful man. And uh, I remember, I remember telling Mike at my house show, I was like, you are so goddamn funny and you haven't even seen all of it yet. (laughs) And like, and I think that I, I, and not, this is not to like throw salt on the wound that you just described. Like, I I think that you, you know, anybody who passes away, anybody's life, even my cousins, like whatever, there's such a myriad of things that, that are that person and, and that, that that person's life entailed. You know what I mean? I don't think that any one of those things ends up in the, the final um, obituary of their life, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I don't know that, I don't want to, I want to say that I don't think that you should feel guilty about that if you do.
1: I, I, I don't feel super guilty. It's just like <laughs> something to where I'm like, I'm saying all these things now, because I was the person when he passed away. I was like, he's such a great guy, and I just busted his balls the whole time, and yeah. I wish it was the other way around. Mm. Cause I think dealing with death by being like, ah, fuck it. Like, I think that's beautiful. Uh, and I also think dealing with life by being like, I appreciate you and I love you is also something that we should do. And it's something that I myself personally, and I think a lot of people, maybe you don't have it. Cause uh, you, you are like someone I, you've told me you appreciated me before this podcast. I do feel like, cause I'm very close to you. I've told you that as well. So yeah, like, you
0: definitely have, um, You you didn't on this podcast, but
1: But that's fine. No, I'm not doing (laughs) that. Fuck you. Fuck you. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm sorry, Corey. But I don't do that, and I should be like, you know, because it's like if it's a woman and I want to be like, I appreciate you and I love you and, like, you make my life better, it's like I'm like, oh, she's going to think I'm hitting on her. And then if it's a dude and I'm like, I appreciate I love you.
0: It's hard to be vulnerable.
1: Yeah, and I just got to get better at that because it's like, fuck it, like, Because if I really love you and appreciate you and I tell you that and then you're a dick, like, fuck you. I was wrong. Never mind. Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it's just it's a vulnerable thing. And I I need to get better at that. But it is something uh, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, right now, people don't think I'm very good. But if I died, I would be the best comic that Chicago's ever (laughs) seen. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You know, that's. Like if I died right now, if I walked out of your fucking apartment and got hit by a car, there would be people who never spoke a fucking word to me being like, Corey was ahead of his time. Oh
0: my god, and he was.
1: Uh, <laughs> we we weren't super close, but every time I watched him, I was like, this guy's gonna be great. Oh my and god, it's like, Corey. Fuck you, whoever the fuck you are.
0: <laughs> oh my god, you're so right about. It. <laughs> Like Curtis at the Laugh Factory, oh, like Corey yeah. was unappreciated in his own time. He was a teacher. If he had lived to be five more years, he would have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he was a he was a light under the students of. <laughs>
1: Y'all have seen Dave Chappelle? Uh, he is what Corey would have been.
0: Oh my god! <laughs> if he had been white and underappreciated, <laughs> like, oh my god, that's so funny. Oh, Jesus. You're so right about that. We've reached a very strange place in this podcast. We're, we, we are a minute, uh, I mean, an hour and ten in. Um, we got to pull out of this shit. Like we really do before we make it pregnant. Um, <laughs> all right. Here's the thing. Uh, this has been a very liminal podcast. It's going to be a very strange one because I'm going to listen to this later and be like, what did I, what did I say on that podcast? I drank two Michigan Brute ciders. I don't think from I haven't said
1: anything I, that can get me fired from being a teacher, right? I don't think so. No, I think I don't you think you've so said either.
0: all very good things. I think uh, I think you thinking about shooting yourself was exactly what the <laughs>
1: students in the city of Chicago need. I don't think they can fire me for that though, because <laughs> like, they're like it's gonna push them over the edge. Like
0: <laughs> they should feel guilty. That's true. Uh, we, I never finished my whole discourse about this, the Book of Job. I remember I started that and that 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 never ended. Ooh, we'll get to that in another podcast. I'll probably have a rant soon. These podcasts, <laughs> it's so strange about this, Corey, because I started this as a um, me just just like a um, Bill Burr style, like me ranting uh-huh. and talking, and it's evolved into interviews. I've actually meant to do one with you for a while, and I'm glad that we were we were able to do this today because uh, I, I got up this morning and I was like, I have meant for a while to – Spend time with Corey, and I'd like to do this in the podcast form because I
1: think it would be good. Yeah, it's really nice because that's what I felt when you asked me to be on your podcast. I was like, yes, I want to be on your podcast, but more importantly, I want to hang out with you. Yeah. And I think we've been talking about that. We're both very busy people. Yep. But like, I think like two weeks ago, we're like, we need to hang out. Yeah. And so it's like really good. This is like an excuse where I can be like, I got to hang out with Brendan, but it's furthering my career or something. I think
0: what I'm going to do is is we had talked about getting together on the 23rd. I think what I'm going to do is is, um, I'm going to send out an invite. I was talking with Gloria about this already because I think she's going to go out of town to go visit her uh, cousin or something in Wisconsin. Uh But uh, I'd like to actually have me and you. Pardon me. John Norman, uh, maybe James Fisher, uh, Tyler, maybe Tyler Ross, like a handful of other people, yeah, yeah. Dylan Scott, maybe all hanging out here. I'm gesturing. Nobody can see this, but I'm gesturing <laughs> my living room right now. All hanging out <laughs> in this place. We'll be drinking. Gloria and I, if you look at these bottles over here, are infusing our own vodka with peppers. Okay. I just want to make everybody a big pitcher of Moscow mules and shit like this. We'll all chill out here smoke out on the back porch We'll just chill out i i just I really miss seeing all of you guys and you especially yeah. um so it'd be cool to do that uh yeah man i feel like we're wrapping this up <laughs> let's get let do you have anywhere to go let's we'll keep uh, going I, on. i've
1: got nowhere to go but you got a wrap-up question or does I, this just end well weirdly? i'm
0: curious i mean it could end weirdly <laughs> we're you know uh we're 70 minutes into this guy um, where can people find you if they're all, all three or four p- listeners? Where can they go find you?
1: Um, I've got an Instagram, Corey E Wood, uh, so i E W O O D. I've got uh, a Twitter. I think it's Corey Wood Comedy. Um, you think it is? You don't? Are you, how? What? <laughs> I'm. I'm not super active. I've got to start fucking working on that. I've. I, I'm a big be funny and then develop an audience and i need to start being uh developing an audience because uh, now i'm the funniest person in the city um <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah just uh follow me on instagram uh, i've got a facebook Corey wood uh and then uh, if you're ever in chicago just come out to something man even come if it's on to not the,
0: the, the hidden uh, Shamrock Show. yeah
1: please. uh it's the hidden comedy show because i think comedy that show. sounds, sounds cool fridays yeah, it's first and third Friday of every month. It's been good. Last night's was crazy bad because their sound went out and they rented a speaker that sucked. What? And I told him I was like, I was like, you just paid five hundred dollars for a speaker that doesn't that I, work, and I have a better one in my trunk. Like, Jesus, man. Um, but yeah, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all that, and it really is helpful when people follow you because that's uh, it helps us out a lot. I know it sounds like almost begging and i think a lot of people don't want to say this <laughs>
0: no but it really does
1: but it is like when if i go to like apply for a festival they ask me like how many twitter followers do you have so like even if you're like someone even if you're never gonna fucking like my status or brendan's status just follow us on twitter just to be a good person because it takes you 10 seconds and oh, it no makes our laugh better yeah uh i wish more people understood that because people will be like i love you and i'm like just follow me on fucking twitter <laughs> on fucking
0: twitter dude just do me one solid Uh, Corey Wood thank you so much for joining us Uh, thank you so much man meanwhile the madness continues thank you